Jesse sounds like he's still in Philadelphia. Brother Jess, what do we got going for us today, brother? Terry, we yeah. got uh, Tell me. We, we, yeah, we got all kinds of things going on today. First of all, uh, we want to let people know that we are too blessed to be stressed, <laughs> too anointed to be disappointed, and if hope was money, we would be billionaires. Amen. Terry, we're known for that phrase around the country. Everywhere I travel, I know. People, wa- people want me to say that before I start the presentation, so that seems to be a something that's stamped into our very in, in, into our personalities. Terry, a lot of things we got today. Yeah. Of course, we want to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we want to talk about, it's very painful to me to say that oh, Pope yeah. Francis, he claims that U.S. conservatives are backwards yeah. and that we've replaced faith with ideology. Very painful. Also, if you're wondering who runs this country, Terry, yeah. Look no further, it's Barack Obama. And by the way, For years. It, it's coming out more and more oh, yeah. that uh, he was a homosexual. We've known this for, people leaked this a long time yeah, ago. I thought it was just, you know, like the only a possible, you know, it wasn't fact, but it's, it's, it appears now that it's fact. Yeah. On his and, a comment. And, exactly. And you know what, what's interesting is that he waited, now, you know, now that it's being leaked out, the press yeah. waited yeah. until it was, it's legal, federal law. Exactly. They got, they, they got the course on their side. So now it's leaking that if Barack Obama is homosexual, which is something that had he run on that 20 years ago, Terry, oh. I don't think he would have won. And I don't think he would have won. Of course not. And he knew it. So yeah, that, that's what we want to talk about today, Terry. All right. Hey, Jess, one more, uh, you know, we, and this is important. Uh, big news. Bishop Strickland just sent out his second pastoral letter. And I want to read something for your, I would call it need to know file. People are saying, Ben Strickland's out. Yeah, he's going to have seven letters coming out. I'll just give everybody the news. This guy is on fire. But he said this in a tweet that I had a show yesterday on. He said, as weak and sinful as I am, I have come to know Jesus Christ so deeply that it's impossible, impossible for me to remain silent about his beautiful truth. As I enter more deeply into his sacred heart, I see more profoundly that I have so much to learn, and I pray that I will all come to know Jesus even more. See, Jesse, his attitude is, I can't be quiet about the truth of Jesus Christ, no matter who tells me to shut up. And I feel like, yes, that's us. We have we are compelled to preach the gospel in season and out. And I think that's Strickland's position. Well, I'll tell you one thing: birds of a feather flock together. That's yeah. why we get along with them so well. Oh yeah. Oh. And uh, Terry, ultimately, at the end of the day, yeah, uh, the only thing that's going to matter is our is our. Uh, Christ-centered Catholic faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only thing that's going to matter. Uh, as Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will will last wow, forever. Very reassuring. Yeah. Uh, Jess, any other good, uh, any other uh, need to know file that you got? Uh, no, Terry, I, I want to get to Let's today's get to gospel. Soul food, brother. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah, a little bit of soul food here. Yep. T- today, the gospels, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. It's the, Today's gospel reads, While the crowd was pressing on in, 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 in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put, on, put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said, Simon... Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. And by the way, that's what we're all called to do, Terry. Yes. 
lower our nets for the catch. What catch? The salvation of souls. S-O-S. Every Catholic should be about S-O-S. <laughs> Put down your nets into deep water, which is the culture of death, and S-O-S, salvation of souls. Simon said in reply, Master, we worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. Mm -hmm. When they had done this, they had caught a great number of fish and, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat. They came to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of singing. When Simon Peter saw this, he felt the knees of Jesus and said, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. It reminds me of the same thing that Isaiah the prophet said when he saw God in Isaiah yeah. chapter six. He says, uh, he says, for I have seen the Lord and, and, and he says, and I am a man of unclean lips and a man of unclean and an unclean spirit. When people see God and Peter saw God, yep. God incarnate, this is you're led, Terry, to compunction. You're led to contrition. You're led to repentance because you see yourself and you say, man, I got so I'm called to be holy like God is. Man, I've got so much more to go. And the Bible says. For astonishment at the catch of the fish, they had seized him and all those with him. Who And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. That phrase is found over 300 times in the Bible, which is basically the running theme, the golden thread of, of sacred scripture. Do not be afraid, Catholics. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. So the last three sentences are everything. Yes. What are we what are we supposed to do? Once you know Christ and his gospel, yes. you're supposed to be doing what? Catching men, fishing for men. And the second thing you're supposed to do is what? Ultimately, this life is a, is is just one little uh, self-detachment. Little by little, we are called to detach from everything little by little, even your money and your property yes. and one day leave everything behind. We call that death. Hopefully you die in a state. The call it's called the the state of uh, 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 the, the 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 unified state where you're totally attached to Christ at the end of your life, and you say, "I don't want nothing but Jesus." Like Saint Thomas of Aquinas said when he saw Christ in prayer, he says, "The Lord says, Thomas, what do you want?" He says, "Lord, all I want is you." That's called total self detachment. Didn't Thomas Aquinas also say that when he had that vision that everything he wrote seems like straw? Yeah, once he saw God, <laughs> I mean, he said, nothing else matters. Everything else is like chaff. Chaff, there yeah. you go. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Bishop Sheen. And and again, a full, full scene ahead. We bring this in every day on Sheen because his comments are very, very appropriate for all of us. He, and, and we think about this. He says, in almost nine cases out of ten, those who have once had the faith, and we know people like that, but mm. now reject it or claim that it doesn't not make sense. You've had people like that are driven not by reasoning, but by the way they are living. So, for example, Jess, someone who uh, is a thief, they're, they're not going to believe in the Catholic Church because, you know, they're, they're stealing or they're committing adultery. And they say, no, I don't buy any of that because it, it, it would cramp my lifestyle. Mm. Exactly. And and just the thing that I want to encourage people to do is we all have relatives and friends that aren't living the faith. Not only do we do it with example of our faith, but we specifically pray and make sacrifices for Uncle Frank or Uncle whoever it is, your, your relatives, by name and prayer that they will come to know the Lord Jesus and give their life to Jesus. Because 
without prayer, uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, Jess, you've seen it. People who, like, like, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine from way back, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, he performed over 75,000 abortions. Wow. He, was, he was the guy that started abortion in America. And he ends up becoming Catholic. Do you know how many people were praying for his conversion? Thousands. And now, you know, he died in the state of grace. Please God, he has a sacramental life of the Catholic Church. He died a follower of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine all those sins he committed? There, he was given forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Now, Bernard Nathanson can be forgiven. Anybody can be forgiven, Jess. Amen, Terry. That's uh, when you think about him. Yeah, it, it, it gives you hope. You say, <laughs> man, if, if if there's room in heaven for Bernard Nathanson, yeah. guess what? I I got a chance. There's room in heaven for me. Amen. Terry, today the saint of the day is Blessed Thomas Sugi. He was a martyr. Tell us about one him. of the one of the great Japanese martyrs. He was uh, <clears throat> uh, Thomas Sugi was born around the year 1571 in Japan under the under the feudalism under the Japanese emperors. He was born to a wealthy Catholic family of nobility. He was educated by priests of the Society of Jesus. He joined the order while quite young, around 1588. As a priest, he traveled around Japan, became very popular as an eloquent and persuasive preacher. While Thomas was arrested, he was exiled to, to Macau because of his publicly practiced faith. He desired to continue his missionary work in his homeland, so he returned to Japan in disguise, kind of like Father Miguel Pro did. Yeah. Suffering some moments of doubt, however, he gave in the temptations to leave the way of life that he held so dear. And one day, he did walk away from the order. But he returned, and he returned back as a priest with, with, with zeal, and he resumed his holy missionary work and his life of prayer. Well, the, the Japanese authorities soon caught up with him, and they recaptured him. They imprisoned Thomas and sentenced him to death for his bold proclamation of the Catholic faith. In 1627, Father Thomas Sugi became a martyr, a martyr as he was burned to death in Nagasaki, Japan, wow. along with several Catholic companions for the faith. He was heard to proclaim as he died, as he was on fire, he said, quote, praise the Lord of all nations, close quote, and then he died. What a great story. And you know, Jesse, what I learned from that, we all fall, but I only have one question. Did you get up? And he yeah. got up, Jesse. What a great example for us today uh, in, in the church. And again, the greatest way, the greatest thing we can do is get the confession whenever, I mean, especially at least once a month, we ask everybody to do that. Because we're all sinners. I mean, last time I looked, nobody uh, was immaculately conceived. Jess, mm. when we come back, it, is, it hurts me too when you mentioned that at the beginning of the show that we have to talk about Pope Francis claiming we, a, a backward people, the conservatives, what we call to use, that's a political term, I'll use Orthodox Catholic. Yeah. Not yeah, conservative, orthodox. we're Orthodox. And he's saying we, we replace faith with ideology. You know, our Lord said something about don't... Uh, Throw a needle in your own eye, and the log is in your eye. I think that scripture might be applying to Pope Francis right now. We'll talk more about that when we come back on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. Yes, we're back. You're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm in Covina, California. And we're preaching the Word of God here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. This topic hurts me to know my dad, my spiritual father, okay, the Holy Father. 
yeah. is is claiming that we're backward U.S. conservatives. He uses the word conservative. It's orthodoxy. Orthodoxy, we, yeah. yeah. Have replaced faith with ideology? Are you kidding? The only ideology we have, Jess, here is to proclaim what Jesus Christ has always taught. But go ahead with the article. Yeah, Terry. Uh, Pope Francis arrives for his weekly general audience mm -hmm. in the Pope Paul VI Hall at the Vatican. Been there, yep. That was... Uh, that was last month, a few days ago, the 23rd, actually. And Pope Brent Francis has blasted the backwardness. This, this here, These are his words. The backwardness of some conservatives in the U.S., Catholic Church, saying they have replaced faith with ideology and that, that a correct understanding of the church envisages doctrine developing over time. Let me take that sentence there. Yeah. First of all. The, Pope, the Holy Father is using political talk. Yep. Call, backward, calling us conservatives. We're, no, we're Catholics that practice their faith are, uh, yeah, we're Orthodox. So yeah. that's a political term that he threw Thank in there. It, doesn't, yes. it, it has no no place in his, in, in his speech. It shouldn't have. Nope. And he says that we replace faith with ideology. No, Orthodox Catholics just want the faith given to us by the apostles once and for all to continue to be handed down faithfully. That's all we want. We're not ideologues. We just want the faith of our fathers, as that church song says. And also, uh, he says that, Pope Francis says that a correct understanding of the church envisages doctrine developing over time. Now, he's now, yeah, well, he that's a play on words because the doctrines of Jesus, the doctrines come from Jesus Christ. That's what the apostles tell us. They come from Christ in, in, in the first letter of John. And so the doctrines, you may have more understanding at, at, throughout the course of time. Like we know more about the Trinity now than probably the fathers at, at, at Nicaea knew because of your deeper penetration into the one doctrine of, of God, who God is. But it doesn't change. Doctrine doesn't change. Can I, Jesse, can yes. I just jump in? Let me give you a good example. The Trinity is one, but I think a better one is the Holy Eucharist. I'll give you an example. We've always believed in the real presence of Christ, but we came up with this term called transubstantiation, okay? In the Middle Ages. In the Middle Ages, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. did that change our belief about the real presence? No, it articulated it better. That's what Henry Newman talked about with the development of doctrine. I think the Holy Father, our dad, needs to yeah. read so much of what the saints have to say about this development of doctrine, because what he's talking about is that doctrine a change. change, and that's just not a Catholic position. And he's our Holy Father, so we pray for him, because that statement right there, that first paragraph, he's talking, I'll tell you what he's talking like, I'm going to be honest with you, Jess, and you can correct me, just right on the air. He's talking like a liberal politician, because what he's doing is he's attacking his opponent with what he's doing. They do this all yeah. the time. Yes, and and he shouldn't be attacking his opponent because we're his children. Exactly. Yeah, we're not we're not enemies. We're oh. part of the church. We're, you know, uh, the the article also says Francis' comments were an acknowledgement of the divisions in the U.S. Catholic Church, which has been split between progressives and conservatives. I'm reading from the article. Yeah, who long found support in the doctrinaire papacies of Saint John Paul II. And Benedict the Sixteenth, how I how I miss those days, particularly <laughs> on issues of abortion and same sex marriage. It says many conservatives have blasted Francis' emphasis instead on social justice issues such as the environment and the poor, while also branding as heretical his opening 
to letting divorced and civilly remarried Catholics receive the sacraments. Francis made the comments in a private meeting with Portuguese members of his Jesuit religious order while visiting Lisbon yeah. on August 5th of this year. The, the Jesuit journal La Civita Católica, which is, which is vetted by the Vatican Secretariat of State, published a transcript of the encounter Monday. And during the meeting, a Portuguese Jesuit told Pope Francis that he had suffered during a recent sabbatical year in the United States because he came across many Catholics, including some U.S. bishops, who criticized Pope Francis' 10-year papacy as well as today's Jesuits. The 86-year-old Argentine acknowledged his point, his point saying, quote, there was a very strong organized reactionary attitude in the U.S. church, which he called backward, close quote. He warned that such an attitude leads to a climate of closure, which was erroneous. Pope Francis also said, quote, doing this, you lose the true tradition and you turn to ideal to ideologies to have support. In other words, ideologies replace faith, close quote. And Pope Francis also said, the vision of the doctrine of the church as a monolith is wrong. When you go backward, you make something closed off, disconnected from the roots of the church, which then has devastating effects on morality. I don't know what that last sentence made. It made no sense. That last sentence that he said, it made no sense. Look at what he said. Look at who could part the vision of the doctrine of the church as a monolith is wrong. Okay, I, I understand that. But then he said this. This makes no sense. Mm -hmm. When you go backward, you make something closed off disconnected from the roots of the church, which then has devastating effects on morality. Wait a minute. Actually, when you go backward, you're actually connecting to the roots of the church. He said something which is quite the opposite. If I've got a water hose and I walk the water hose backward all the way to the beginning, I'm going to go right to the root of the water hose, right where it starts. Pope Francis actually says the opposite. He says, when you go backwards, he says it has devastating effects. You disconnect yourself. No, you don't. When you go backwards and you trace yourself, you go back to the roots. So what he said right there absolutely make no sense. And it's a false statement. Go ahead, Terry. Now, I just have to say, when he's talking about his word conservatives, he's dealing with uh, here in America, who's leading America in this is, our, is Bishop Joseph Strickland. And he's got these uh, letters that he's putting up, pastoral letters. Let me read this and then ask yourself, is this an ideology or is this what Jesus Christ teaches? He says, in this time of great turmoil in the church and in the world, I must speak to you from a father's heart in order to warn you of the evils that threaten us and assure you of the joy and hope that we have always in our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. The evil and false messages that have invaded the church, Christ's bride, is that Jesus is only one among many. Yeah, that's right. And it's been led by Pope Francis. And that it's not necessary for his message to be shared with all humanity. This idea must be shunned, refuted at every turn. We must share the joyful good news that Jesus is, is our only Lord and that he desires for all humanity, for all time, to embrace the eternal life in him. That's just the first paragraph. Now, my question is, what's conservative about that? That's Catholic teaching, Jess. And the challenge is, is, that we've got just, you know, we had it on our show yesterday that what happened down in Brazil where a Muslim, a Muslim cleric received Holy Communion from an archbishop at a, a funeral mass. See, that doesn't happen and nothing is said at the Vatican. The comment from the Vatican was, we have no comment on that. See, what Strickland is preaching is what we call orthodoxy, the teachings of church. And the Holy Father is criticizing people like Joseph Strickland, Bishop Strickland of Tyler, Texas, they were doing an investigation on him. For what reason? 
because he's going back in time. He's looking ahead through the tradition of the church. Nothing wrong with that, Jess. Terry, the next sentence that Pope Francis makes is yeah. very, very, very disturbing. He says, quote, he says, quote, I want to remind these people that backwardness is useless and they must understand that there's a correct evolution in the understanding of questions of faith and morals. Oh, my God. Close quote. And, and, and in other words, he's basically saying that that his understanding allows for doctrine to progress and consolidate over time. Yeah, and that, that, it, that's what he just said. Can I put it in even simpler terms, Jess? That yeah. means the moral morality of the Catholic Church can change in time. In other words, contraception. Uh, yeah, and correct. No, because the Orthodox position, the Church's deposit of faith says, not even the Pope can change these teachings. So you see where we're going, Jess? We're having our father, our papa, uh, teaching us children things that are not part of the deposit of faith. And I humbly have to say to our Holy Father, knock it off. I mean it, because it's it's hurting the church. Yeah, Terry, and 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 just again, there's just there's some there's some bad formation here. There's some bad theology in place. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what; these are just basic errors. What Pope Francis said here. Yes, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the Bible, and you tell me who you believe. Yeah, great point. Excellent. Yeah. Do you believe John the Apostle, who wrote second second letter of John, chapter one, verse nine? Here's what he says. John the Apostle says this. Then I'll read you Pope Francis' statement okay. again. Okay. Mm -hmm. John the Apostle in the New Testament, inspired by the Holy Spirit, infallible, inerrant word of God says this, quote, 2 John verse 9. Anyone who is so progressive as not to remain in the teaching of the Christ does not have God. Mm -hmm. Whoever remains in the teaching has the Father and the Son, close quote. So notice. I get it. John, John the Apostle uses the word progressive in the New American Bible. And he condemns the Bible. The Holy Spirit condemns the this this philosophy of being progressive. It's condemned by Almighty God in Second John verse nine. Here it is, Top. New American Bible. Yep, this is the one that's read at mass by the U.S. bishops. Anyone who is so progressive as not to in, as not to remain in the teaching of the Christ does not have God. So the Bible says. If you hold to this progressive teaching, you don't have the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Yet Pope Francis says, quote, I, I, uh, he says, I want to remind these people that backwardness is useless. They must understand that there must be a correct evolution in the understanding of questions on faith and morals. Uh, and, and so Pope Francis, what he's, what he's basically pushing for without saying it, he's pushing Terry for progressive thought. He's of saying course. you can't go fat. You know, Pope Francis is, is criticizing people that hold fast to tradition. He says you're going backwards. Right. And and, uh, and Pope Francis, he's actually in another interview, he's admitted. Yeah. He's previously admitted, and he's acknowledged the criticism directed at him from the, from U.S. Catholics, you know, uh, Orthodox Catholics. He's actually said before. It's an honor to be attacked by Americans, close quote. Yeah. Now, my question is this. What kind of statement is that for a pope to make? I don't know. That Very sounds inappropriate. like. Very inappropriate. They, oh, God. He's, our, he's the, the father of the Catholic Church on earth. To me, Terry, 
that sounds like what a general of an army would say during a time of war. We're not his enemies, the U.S. Catholics. It, it seems to me, Terry. He's got a chip on his block. That's it. Truth, truth be told, he has contempt. Yes, he does. For American Catholic podcasters like you and I yeah. and journalists or orthodox mm -hmm. because we know and we implement Canon 212. Yes. And we're, Terry, we're not establishment. We're not like the big establishment Catholic radios and television networks that that just, you know, stay within the confines of the party line. Yeah. If something's wrong, Terry, we call balls and strikes like umpires. Exactly. That's exactly. And Jesse, I, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll get right back in it. I want to mention a book that we talked about a week ago. I got a copy of it. The Senegal Process is a Pandora box with a forward by Cardinal Raymond Burke. And it's 100 questions. And this has all been documented in this little book, but it helps us understand that what's going to happen in Rome in October, it doesn't look good, and we need to be praying for Holy Mother of the Church. Stay with us, family. We'll have more here on the Terry and Jeff. Welcome back. I wish you could see us between breaks, folks, and I'll tell you why. It's hilarious. I'm getting kicked. This guy's calling. You got to do this. You got to. I'm like, dude, I'm on the air. Would you please leave me alone just until I get off the air? <laughs> but you know what? All for Jesus. This is all we do. You know, Jesse, it sounds like some people would consider us being critical of our Holy Father. But I'm going to tell you, I want you to be critical of me, Jess Romero, Terry Barber. If we teach something that's not consistent with the perennial teachings of the church, that's right. lovingly, do me a favor, dude, and call, call me, me out. out. And that's all we're doing here. Yeah. Tara, I want to move to another thing more earthly. Yeah. <laughs> is the fact that 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 we are experiencing uh, the third term of Barack Obama in the United States. Uh, but we've been saying that for years, though, Jess. Yeah. There's a, a classmate named Wayne Root. Yep. He went to school with Barack Obama. Yep. He wrote an article. It's all over the Internet. It says. September 1st. Yeah. It says. Wayne Root says, I'm Obama's college classmate at Columbia University, class of 83. I'm also the author of the number one best-selling hardcover book in America in 2012, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. I haven't got that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Wayne Root says, I've always had Obama's number. I understand what makes him tick. I understand his goals. First, let's get the gay issue out of the way. I reported on both my radio and TV shows for 15 years that my wealthy, connected friends in Chicago have always said Obama frequented gay bathhouses. I remember reading articles there 10 years ago. On yeah, that, I, 20. I, I They're on the internet. Yep. And, gay, and he also frequented gay clubs. Everyone in the know knows Obama is gay. There's also a very famous uh, actress that said this, uh, what's her, a comedian, uh, Joan Rivers, and she, she died a few weeks after that. It was interesting. Now that we've heard from Obama's biographer that Obama wrote about his daily gay fantasies, I think it's pretty clear my Chicago pals were right, and Tucker Carlson is onto something. So Obama wrote this on some letters yep. that have now been uh, that have not been made public. But the but gay is not the issue. The writer says here the issue here is fraud. If Obama's in fact gay, then he was lying to the American people from day one. He portrayed himself as a happily married family man with a wife and two beautiful young daughters. That's called fraud. If America had known the truth in 2008, does anyone honestly think Obama would have been elected president? No way. But all of this is small potatoes. This is not the big story. 
Why does any of this matter now? Because Joe Biden is a brain dead puppet. This is the third term of Obama. The proof is we're all living the nightmare of the Obama economy. Great for Wall Street and billion dollar multinational corporations, but a disaster for the American middle class and Main Street. Secondly, Biden is fading fast and everyone can see it. At the same time as Biden's cognitive health is in free fall, all of his corruption for the past is pouring out of the closet. Biden is finished. He's toast. He will never make it to 2024. Sometime this fall, Biden will have a very public episode, this writer says, and be hospitalized. Soon thereafter, he or Jill will, will announce that he's stepping down for health reasons. Who will replace him? Either Michelle Obama mm -hmm. or Gavin Newsom. But whoever it is, Obama will be calling the shots from his nearby Washington, D.C. mansion. That's why this story matters. The writer says, Wayne Root, again, this guy went to school with, with, with Barack Obama. He went to uh, mm -hmm. Columbia University, and they've known each other for years. Uh, he says, I've had Obama paid from the first day. Obama is the ultimate Manchurian candidate. And I'll define Manchurian. Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically, it, th there was a novel written by Richard Condon. Uh, and, and, and this novel, it was made into a movie. And, and Manchurian candidate basically means a person who's been like a prepared to move up the political office all the way to the top. But he's been set there to harm the country, to influence the country and to control the country. So it's a candidate that's, again, uh, been brainwashed into being uh, 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 like an unwitting arm of communism against the country. That's what that's what the Manchurian candidate is, is when he talks about this. And so <clears throat> Wayne Root says, gays unimportant, especially now the Supreme Court has already unjustly legalized it. It says, what matters is he was groomed to be president by the deep state and communist, fascist, globalist enemies of the United States. What matters is Obama's a radical Marxist tyrant carrying out the destruction of America. Obama was tame in his first two terms. He was boiling the frog slowly, but Trump ruined his plan. <laughs> now Obama's trying to destroy this country as fast as he can before Trump has a second chance to undo the damage. Terry, you want to pick yeah, up? Yeah, I do. That? And he said at the same time, Obama is coordinating the attacks on Trump to either imprison him, kill him, or disqualify him. They can't handle him coming back as president. You know, he says, my guest on my show, he says, America's top 10 countdown on Real America's Voice TV last week was former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich. And uh, the governor's mansion was raided by an early morning FBI SWAT team. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, President Trump. Mm -hmm. He said, I pointed out to Blago that the Obama's fingerprints were all over his um, frame, job, and the FBI SWAT raid and long prison sentence, Obama set him up. Obama, hey, he was a Democrat governor. Exactly. He was a de Democrat governor. Yeah, I remember that. Obama took away his freedom. I asked him to comment. Lego reported, Obama set up the meeting that led to my arrest. Are you kidding me? Wow. Continue, Jess. Do you get it now? I it's do. The exact, it's the exact MO as what's happening to President Trump. Yep. The same FBI raids, persecution, frame job, the same weaponization of government to destroy Obama's political adversaries. 
the writers, Wayne Root says, I've always said the key to understanding Obama was his time at Columbia University. This is very interesting. Yeah, it is. Because this guy went to school, so this guy knows him. He says this. First, there's the ghost of Columbia mystery. I was a pre-law political science major. So was Obama. He had to be in all the same classes as me, but he was never in one class. Wow. I never met Obama, never saw him, never heard of him, never met anyone at Columbia who has. Obama got in. So why didn't anyone ever see him? My educated guess is Obama was in the Soviet Union studying communism. Wow. Columbia, Columbia had a sister school in Moscow. That would be the only real answer as to why Obama was rarely, if ever, seen at Columbia. He was being groomed way back then by the enemies of America. That's called a Manchurian candidate. That's quite yeah. a statement. Yeah. So yeah, but this guy knows him. Secondly, at Columbia, we learned a plan to destroy America called Cloward Piven. I'll bet Obama spent two years in the Soviet Union at our sister school, becoming the world's expert. Look around. Everything happening in America today is Cloward Piven. Uh, and here, here's the wow. description of, of the cloud, the cloud pivot method. What is it? It's I'll define it in one sentence. It's it's overwhelming the government. You throw so much at the government that you overwhelm it, and the government is just throwing money here, throwing money there, throwing money here, throwing money. There's one fire after another fire after another fire, yep. and the government is just throwing money into everything, and you break the government. That's called the cloud pivot method. And here's what the writer says. Here's the example. The open borders bringing millions of foreigners into our country, changing our demographics forever, the explosion of welfare and bailouts, the Green New Deal, the destruction of our military, the end of the dollar as world reserve currency, the plans for pandemic lockdowns, climate change lockdowns and central bank digital currency, the censorship banning of dissent and weaponization of government against conservatives and Christians, defund the police, the vicious criminals let out without jail, critical race theory and transgender brainwashing, persecution of PTA parents, conservatives and Christians classified as domestic terrorists, the arrest of political opponents, 87,000 new IRS agents armed with AR-15s. It's uh, this, is, this is called the cloward Piven uh, method of communist control, is you overwhelm the government and the government at this point, at this point, the government, in order to be able to deal with all this, just takes control of everything. Put on a mask, get six feet under, stay in your house. Uh, you can, in other words, total control of the government. Yeah, it tolls the jurors, there's no holy code. This is the end game of the Cloward Piven method. And this is, again, this guy saying, this is what Barack Obama studied. And, and, and for, for example, you can see, Terry, for example, the COVID-19 is, is the infrastructure of control being used by these globalists to usher in communism. And, and, and the article ends by saying, it says, sound familiar? It's what Obama, the Manchurian candidate, learned in the Soviet Union for the best. This man was groomed from day one by communist and globalist enemies of America. He was sent to destroy us. I, I, I believe in everything this guy is saying. It sounds reasonable. Yeah. It says, now he's working behind the scenes to finish the job. He's the man who ordered the spine on Trump, the framing of Trump. Now he's the man directing the nonstop government attacks against Trump, just as he did to Blago, the former Democrat governor. So Obama being gay is the least of our worries. Mm. America's being destroyed. Obama is at the root of every evil thing happening. I would have to say that Barack Obama is one of the most powerful uh, uh, agents of the Antichrist uh, on planet Earth today. Well, if Wayne is right, and it makes sense, adding up what we've said, I the only thing I would differ with him 
as I would think, and we did mention uh, Obama's wife, because if Obama's wife comes in uh, for wanting to be the president, you know what that'll do for, for him again for more years. So it's serious matter here, Jess. But you know what? We have the solution to all that. And I will say, yes, you need to vote right. But when we come back, the solution is always the same here. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, you know, when you read this, Jesse, it does open your eyes to say, we're in a lot of trouble here on planet Earth. And that's why the only... I'm going to give you the solution in the next segment. When we come back, we will do that. I want to also plug our day with Fulton Sheen coming up October 14th. Don't forget... We've got a priest who was converted by Bishop Sheen when he was a pagan. That's what he called himself, Jess. He was a, he was a, um, a pagan in a communist wow. country, read the book by Bishop Sheen, said, I want to become a Christian, and later became a Catholic priest. That story will be told in his, his own words at the conference. We're going to be talking about the philosophical contribution that Bishop Sheen has given to the church, talk about evangelization that he's given to the church. And you wonder why some people don't want him Beatified? We're going to talk about that, too, and how to get him beatified. Uh, You can join us by going to vmpr.org. You can either watch it on a stream or be here in person at the Sacred Heart Chapel. When we come back, Jess made the promise. Promises. What's the solution? Because that was pretty depressing, what we just heard. Well, we're too blessed to be stressed and too anointed to be disappointed. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to our last segment with the solution to all these problems. We also have Barbara coming on, who has Father Don Calloway, uh, Bishop Strickland coming to Southern California. I want to give her a plug. Jess, Ooh. let's get into the solution uh, now with, with all the problems in the church and in the, in the world today. It's overwhelming. So how do you keep your faith and your sanity in this present darkness that we find ourselves in? Number one, focus on your personal walk with the Lord, yep. your prayer life, your interior life, your sacramental life. They must be strong, stronger than ever or you are going to be useless to your family, to your marriage, and to the mystical body of Christ, which is the Catholic Church. Number two, focus on your domestic church, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Continue to inform them, evangelize, catechize them, encourage them, pray for them. We have to save our families beyond anything else. That's the first order of business just like it says in the book of Joshua 24, 15 and Acts 16, 31. Number three, be an influencer. <laughs> Everybody has a certain network, certain specific social contacts, a unique family and set of friends. Evangelize, catechize, inform and encourage them in their faith walk. Model a life of virtue and teach them how to vote to promote the common good and to vote for candidates and parties that promote the culture of life. Number four. Don't be discouraged. This is what the devil wants. I know the task ahead of us is enormous. I get that. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, she recognized that her efforts and those of her fellow sisters of charity were in her own words. She says, our efforts are a drop in a vast ocean of need. But guess what? She never wavered. And Mother Teresa's legacy lives on today. 
Why? She put her hand to the plow and she never looked back and never complained. <laughs> Reminds me of Edward Everett Hale. He was a, a statesman and an author. He died in 1909. He said this, quote, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. Amen. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do by the grace of God, I will do. So what am I telling you to do? Stay the course. Amen. Use your talents for God. Do your best and stay in your lane. <laughs> number, number five. At the end of the day, remember God's in control. He's not asleep. This is his world. He loves everybody in this planet. He sent his son Jesus to die for everybody on planet Earth. Uh, this is his Catholic church. And, and his divine providence is guiding the church through these rough waters for final victory. Awesome. So remember what, remember what St. Father Pio told us. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful Amen. and will hear our prayer. Jesse, we want to go real quick to Barbara, yeah, right? Jesse, yeah, we want to get Barbara. Yeah. She's got a great event. Absolutely. Yeah. Barbara, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. You were so good to give us your testimony a month ago on how you came back to the faith and have been fervent. You're putting on conferences. Uh, you got a big one coming up. October 7th, Barbara. So welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Hello, Terry. How are you doing today? I, I'm blessed by the best. I want to hear about the event with Father Don Calloway and Bishop Strickland and all the good people. Tell us about that event coming up and how people can oh, register. You know, this, it's absolutely fantastic. We have, of course, the greatest bishop in the world right now, Bishop <laughs> Joseph Strickland, who we love. And actually, I don't regard him as a bishop. I regard him as a saint in the making. Yes. I know, we really. We have another saint in the making, yeah. Father Don Calloway. Oh, he's one of our friends. Incredible. Yeah. Of course. And uh, yes. we're not supposed to call him Father, but Father Pavone. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And, I still call him Father. I do, too. I, what, what a great lineup. Barb, how can people register for this event? Give me a call. October 7th, how can they give us your number, please? Okay, 951-319-0927. You need to do that one more time, 951-319-0927. Okay, 951-319-0927. Got it. And and Barb, again, people coming to this event, it's in Riverside at the convention center. Is that correct? Correct. And also, we do something that other conventions do not do, that Tell other us. conferences do not do. We feed you. <laughs> That's we always good. <laughs> we don't charge you a buck and a half for a cup of coffee and a dollar for a donut. You get that free, and we're going to have a gorgeous luncheon buffet. Awesome. Absolutely fantastic. All included. Wonderful. Again, our phone number is 951 319-0927. I want to be there. I want you to be there, our listeners, because, I mean, I like Father Don Calloway. I like Father Frank Pavone. But I got to tell you, America's bishop is going to be there, and it's Bishop Joseph Strickland. He doesn't come to California too often, so I would encourage you uh, to come. I'll have my badges that say I support the, uh, Bishop Strickland and my T-shirts for supporting Strickland. We need unity, and right now this conference is going to be one of the best conferences in Southern California, and there's still plenty of room to do to register by calling 951-319-0927. Any final thoughts, Barb? Just 
come and get blessed. <laughs> Feel our Holy Spirit because he, mm. he's going to be there too. The Holy Spirit Amen. loves our conferences. He's going to be there. Come and join us. All right, Lord. Barbara, we Good thank friend. you, and we'll give you another plug because we want many people as possible to Amen. witness that Absolutely. experience with the bishop and Father Frank and yep. Father Frank Pavone. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. God bless God you. God love you. Thank God bless you. you. Jesse, what you just made, this is great. The oh, points you were just you. making about how to handle the problems in the church. I'll tell you one more that it's going to this conference because you meet like-minded people. Yes. Jess and I have lifetime friends from 30, 40 years ago yes. that we met at a conference. Absolutely. And you need that friendship. What did Don Bosco say? Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. So go to that conference by calling 951. Hey, what's the date of the conference? My October, wife said, the date. October 7th, Feast of the Holy Rosary. Good. Okay, excellent, excellent. And then you can call right. and register by calling 951-319-0927. And I guarantee you, you'll enjoy that weekend. Jess, so that's another benefit of birds of the feather flocking together. That's right. Amen. Terry, talking about, again, not, not letting the problems of the world and the church overwhelm you. Yeah. Uh, Pope John the XXIII, <laughs> uh, it, it, it was said that be, every night before he went to bed, he said a simple, a simple uh, eight-word prayer. He would say this. People would come and tell him about all the problems in the world and all the problems in the church. Pope John the XXIII would say this, quote, It's your church, God. I'm going to bed. Yeah. Said that every night. In other words, he didn't take all the problems of the church and, and the world on his shoulders. He gave them to God because God has bigger shoulders than anybody. And remember, God's going to be up all night anyways. Yep. And also, keep your eyes on Jesus. This will help you. Don't keep your eyes on a pope, a bishop, a cardinal, a priest, even as good as some of them are. Okay. Who inspires us is the uniqueness of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 17, verse 8 Peter, James, and John look at Jesus transfigure, and the Bible says this in Matthew 17, 8, because you have Jesus, uh, Elijah, and uh, who's it? At the transfiguration. Uh, and Moses, 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 Moses Jesus, and Elijah, at, and the apostles are looking at all three of them, and they put their eyes down, mm -hmm. then they lifted their eyes up, and here's what it says. And when they, Peter, James, and John, lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Yeah. Elijah wasn't there. Moses wasn't there. Only Jesus. In other words, what am I telling you? Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2. No matter what happens in this world, in this country, with the elections, trust in him. Proverbs yeah. 3, 5. Trust in him. And remember, no temptation that is that is that is not common to man. Uh, no temptation is overtaking you that's not common to everybody. God is faithful, and God will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation, God will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So remember, God is faithful, and God will not, be, will not allow us to be tempted beyond our strength. And Mary. remember this, God loves your kids, your wife, your husband more than you do. I mean that because sometimes when they get fall away, you, know, you pray, oh, what's going to, don't be so, I mean, yes, pray for them. But remember, God loves them even more than you do. That should be, re should be reassuring to you that uh, your prayers will be answered by uh, that. And think of St. Monica with St. Augustine, 20 years of praying. So we all have friends and relatives that have left the faith, but we need to uh, pray for them. Because remember, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. 
Jess, the big solution as, as the answer question I ask you every day, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Again, if Terry and me were going to die tonight, we wouldn't do anything differently. Nope. We would continue living in a state of grace. Yep. We would continue fulfilling our duties according to our state in life. Yep. And, and whatever my duties call me to do as a Catholic layman, I'm going to continue to do even if tonight's my last night on planet Earth. The Christian life is simple. Do your duty according to your state in life until the Lord calls you to his judgment seat and make sure you do those duties in a state of grace, Terry. Yeah, see, life is pretty simple when we when we put it together like that. It's not complicated. We make no. it complicated, and the world makes it very complicated. But you know what? Life is short. Eternity is forever. We know, understand yeah. that. It fits, makes everything fit. Exactly. We can't take yeah. all this stuff here with us. We get no. nothing. I see a couple of hundred funerals every single year here at our chapel, and nobody's got a hearse when they're pulling out. No. That no. doesn't work that way. I'll just give no. you one little. No. I just we just buried yesterday a forty-five-year-old mother who died of cancer wow. with the two kids. Wow. Dad was out of the picture. Do you think we prayed for her? Yes, but you see, the point of it is, did she expect to die at age forty-five? No. And I just want to say this to all of us: nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Jess Romero could get his plane could go down on his way back to Arizona. You know that's just how it works. I could get hit by a truck driving over to get lunch today. I think that when we realize that life is short, no matter if you live to be 100 years or, or one year old, it's short compared to eternity. And that's why we get up every day with urgency to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's he right. is the only way to get to heaven. There is no other way, Jess. Yeah. In the final analysis, there's, there's eternity. There's only going to be winners and losers. Yep. Heaven or hell, yep. we choose our own destinies by how we live. Well said. I hear the music. Wow. I want to, again, encourage you to go to that conference on the 7th of October in Riverside, California. You can call 951-319-0927. Barbara will register you. I'll be there. Many of us will be there. Father Frank Pavone, Father Don Calloway, Bishop Strickland. Man, what a great lineup here at the uh, in Southern California. All right, we're on our end. We want to say thank you for supporting us. We couldn't do it without you, our listener. Want to go to our support, go to vmpr.org. Check out all the shows, especially our new one with the Life of Christ with Father Charles Murr every Monday on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God, and I mean God, bless you and your family. And keep the faith, spread the faith, because again, for the third time, life is short, eternity is forever. And yes, yes, Romero, Terry Barber, we are too blessed to be stressed. We know who Jesus Christ is. And God bless you and your family.